The Creek Church is a community of believers located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you would like more information about the Creek Church, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. It is a blessing to be with you. Wow, my apologies for the weather. Your pastor, Matt, my friend for years, he did tell me the last time that I had spoke here that it'd be a very cold day before he invited me back. <laughs> I just didn't know this is what he meant. So Pete Doka said the wind chill might be in the single digits, but when I woke up this morning, it was 11, and the wind chill of zero, that couldn't have been what he was referring to. But the joke's on our pastor because he woke up in Canada this morning. I have no idea what he's, what he's dealing with. No, it's an honor to be back with you. My wife and I spent about two years worshiping here at the creek. We love the family and friends that we made here. I bring you greetings from Harvest Christian Academy, where I met Matt and Heather. Uh, Heather worked there for four years. Abby graduated from there. A great representation on your praise band, Adam Mullinex, graduate of HCA. Andrew Wagner, graduate of HCA. Mark Buck's daughter, graduate. Uh, Andrew Oxley's wife works there, child there. So we love, we love the creek and the relationship we have. I'm currently at Harvest Church working with a new pastor, uh, Scott, and his wife, Amy Hall, and, and seeing what great things God will do there. So we bring you greetings, and it's always a privilege to be back with you this morning, even if it is so cold. So I was wondering to myself this morning, is this crowd going to be a very faithful crowd that they would brave the cold to come out to, to worship God and to hear his word? And then I realized, some of you, your heater may not work. So this is just a warm place to come. So we'll take you however you get here. We're glad you're here. Now, the, the topic, the, the title for today is peaceful. How would you describe this setting that I described to you? Nine family members and one very spoiled dog are living in your home. One of them is pregnant and it is not the dog. One of them is less than one year old. Do you feel the love yet? The washing machine, the dishwasher, the showers, the toilets, they seem to be operating 24-7. The utility and the grocery bills are rising, nerves are frayed, and then, lo and behold, one of them is not pregnant anymore. So yes, there are 10 people living in your home, and one very spoiled dog, and two of them are under the age of one. And now the diapers continue to flow along with the smell that's associated with that. The Cheerios are underfoot. And yes, the nerves are frayed. Did I mention that already? And now even volunteering to take the trash out seems to bring some relief because it's quiet outside. I would not say that that's describing a very peaceful setting. So here is a picture of our home. Yes, I have described to you my home for the past eight months the things we do for family. This is actually my son's room. We had to build a temporary room in the game room. He locked it up tight, put the no trespassing sign on to try to find a soulless place where he could go. Therefore, when your pastor and my friend Matt called me and asked me to speak on the subject of peace today, I thought he was joking. I thought it was this sick sense of humor that you experience from the, the stage at times. But then he explained that he was in this series called Sent to Us. 
And that he had looked at the topics such as hope and joy and he's leading up to the Christ child. And today he had to be gone. By the way, I believe they're still waiting for that birth of the Oxley grandchild. No news yet. Break in with any news from the service. So as we hear today. But then when I heard it, that's what he was talking about. That this, this peace had to be sent to us. I realized this is perfect timing for me. Because for eight months this year, our household was chaos just by the nature of the number of people and the children. So today, we come together, we look at God's word, we come together to understand that our lives are chaotic. And we do not do a very good job of creating peace on our own very often. Therefore, peace had to be sent to us. It had to be sent to us because we do not produce it. It had to be sent to us, and it was long before Amazon Prime and UPS and FedEx delivered their first package that peace had to be sent to us. So now, let's take a deep breath, move away from the visions of my house, and ask yourself, am I at peace? Do I personally experience real peace in my life? But when we ask that question, we're often not very excited with the answer that we receive because we're the only one that knows. We're the only one that lays our head on that pillow at night, that closes our eyes, that may struggle to go to sleep because we know the turmoil that may be going on in our own hearts and minds. It may be that you and your spouse have not even looked at each other in bed in years. It may be that work is providing such stress and you don't know if the next round of layoffs It may be some chaos with a child. It may be some pain of a lost one. But we know how difficult it is to feel peace on our own. And we're looking for that relief. So am I at peace? That brings us to this concept that we somehow search for it. We want to find it. We want to experience it. We have this search for peace. What is your peaceful place? For some of you, it may be the great outdoors. Not today. For some of you, it may be a house all to your own when everyone's gone for a few moments and there's not any creepy noises that particular day. For some of us, it's the warmth and crackle of the fire. For others, it may be sitting out on the beach and listening to the methodical crash of the waves on the sand that just keep coming and never stop. It lulls you to a place of peace. Or, maybe for the overachievers, it's being home alone at your beach house, outside in the 70-degree weather, enjoying your hot tub by the fire, watching and listening to the ocean waves cross upon the shore. Wow, take a deep breath, you can feel it already. We really do search for those peaceful places. And when we find them, we want to linger there. You've experienced that. You've been someplace at some time in your life and you have said, I don't want it to end. I'm not ready to leave. I don't go away. I don't want to go away. There's something that I feel here that I haven't felt in a long time. However, with my luck, I would wake up and the rainstorm would chase me out of the hot tub, wash out my fire, turn the ocean waves violent, and I would discover that my beach house roof leaks. That's how my peaceful day would probably end. The point is, we can't find it on our own. We search for it. We need it. We desperately try things. But for some reason, it always ends up coming up short. The search continues. 
It's wonderful when it's there, but normally it's very short-lived. And then we head back to the reality and the chaos of life as we know it. There was a time in the life of God's people, and it's recorded in Jeremiah verse 8, or chapter 8, verse 15. This verse says, we looked for peace, but no good came. This is a time when they had turned away from God. They had, they had tried their sinful pleasures and they said, maybe there's happiness in it. And they realized over and over again, that no matter what we try to bring us happiness, there's no real peace, no goods coming out of this. And we f- seem to find ourselves in that trap over and over again. Well, it didn't stop there. When they were in this lifestyle that was, was not choosing God, when they were trying to please themselves, there are even those that try to fabricate it. We try to speak it into existence. And in this same chapter in verse 11, it talks about the concept of people going around saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. And we find our culture saying that all the time. You can find happiness in this. Surely this will bring peace. Maybe this congressional decision or this wonderful new product, something will bring it and it never comes. So we realize that this search is going on and on and on. We search high and low for things that bring us peace. The places, the products, the activity, the people, we desire it, we search for it. And for some reason we can't grasp it. So that search brings us to the realization that we have this real need for peace. So the second concept today is that we need it. There are 45 million Americans currently taking some form of an antidepressant drug. That's one in every 10 men and one in every four women take some form of medication to help with anxiety and depression. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying get off of it because your family probably wouldn't survive. We need help. We need counseling. We need therapy. We need medication. We need something to help us deal with the stress of the day. That's a physical issue. Do not hear me wrong. This is not a, this is not a weakness. It's just the reality of the culture that we live in. So the need is there physically. The need is there chemically. The need is there emotionally. Oh, how we search for that peaceful existence. We know we need it. I would also venture to say that most everyone in this room has experienced some form of crisis. You know, when I graduated from high school, I didn't say, man, I wonder what kind of tremendous chaotic crisis I'm going to experience in life. This is not one of our goals. And yet now, looking back, we can count the times when we're struggling to get out of bed. When we're on the knees, on our knees beside our child's bed in a hospital room. And we're crying out, God, why are you allowing this to happen? So today, on this cold day in North Texas, there's somebody in this room who this month probably received divorce papers from their spouse. There's somebody in this room who's just lost a parent or a loved one. This is my, uh, this is my 14th Christmas without my dad. You know, it just hurts. Uh, great dad, became my best friend later. He wasn't my friend when I was little because he spanked me too often. But later on, you know, you appreciate all that and you become friends later. So, you know, I miss him. I went and visited my mom last month and she's getting to the point where she doesn't recognize me anymore. You know, I've knelt beside the bed of my oldest son 
when he had uh, a strange disease and they couldn't figure out what it was. Then I knelt beside the bed of my youngest son when he had to have open back surgery for scoliosis. And you just ask God, why? You've been there. You know what it feels like and it doesn't feel peaceful. So not only is it an emotional need, it's a physical need. But guess what? The bad news doesn't stop there. Because it goes on and we realize this is also a spiritual need. Scripture makes it very clear to us that, that depression medication and, and, and better discovery of disease and better surgical procedures aren't going to solve our problems. In Romans 3, there's a lot that Romans 3 says about our need and our separation from God. But in verse 10, it says, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. It reminds us that we can't do this on our own. We can't figure this out on our own. We don't have the capacity. There's a brokenness. And once we realize that our nature is sinful and that our ability to make poor choices the majority of time is there, we realize we cannot fix this issue. We have a need for peace. You see, our relationship with God was broken when sin entered this world. So you can't blame it on your kids, you know. It existed long before that. We continue that pattern, however, every day. We need help. If we stopped here and left today, there'd probably be 46 million of us on antidepressant. But God didn't leave us there. He said, I know what you're searching for because I created you. I know what you need because I saw what you did through sin so I have a special delivery for you. And now the delivery of peace. Many of you have experienced maybe the delivery of a new baby. My wife and I have four children. We have four grandchildren. Here is the latest, born in July. That's our fourth grandson. There's something so peaceful about that. You see, I mean, it's just a perfect photo op, except I had a bad hair day in the hospital or something. So there's my beautiful wife holding a precious child. She's done that so often, and that child looks so innocent and so peaceful, especially while they're sleeping. And then they wake up, and, and their diaper stinks, and they cry at the worst times of the night, and then they spit up on you, and you're like, what just happened? There's no peace in this house anymore. And then you realize it's a grandchild, and you can send them on home. But that child's quick change from innocence and peace to this chaotic moment where they're vomiting on your shoulder, but you call it something cute like spit up. You know, it still stinks. It's so cute. No, it's not. That microcosm of what happens in their day every day shows our life quickly. Here we were, maybe peaceful, and now our life has gone to chaos. What happened to us, God? Man, if he hadn't have delivered something. So this baby is so mesmerizing. It's a gift of God to each family. It's a special time. We feel an incredible love when that child is born, a love we didn't experience when we were just married, and now there's something deeper. 
And you wonder when you have your second child, how am I going to have any love, any love left for them? And God just expands it over and over again. And you don't even know what love is until you have a grandchild. It gets even deeper because you can send them home. So this, this picture of the child is a perfect picture of this delivery. And even when you talk to my wife and most moms, do you realize the pain they go through to make this delivery thing happen? I can't even pretend to understand, at least what she, that's what she tells me, all right? So they have, they have epidurals and medicine and breathing treatments, all this stuff, but it looked like it really, really hurt, you know? And she's scratching the, the, the flesh off my arm while I'm there with her in the hospital wire, and, and it's like, this is a painful delivery. But when that child's born and she held our children, she said, it was all worth it. Wow. So God chose to deliver this peace in that same picture. Because one of the overarching verses of this series that you've had is found over in Isaiah. And it makes this del delivery of peace even more incredible. Because it says here, for unto us a child is born. You get the picture, you've held one. To us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders. And it starts talking about the majesty. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Well, we need those. Mighty God, obvious need. Everlasting Father, yes. And now Prince of Peace. Isaiah did not get to experience this. But he told about it hundreds and hundreds of years ahead of time to say, it's coming. Wait for it. The delivery like no other delivery is going to happen. So this delivery of peace was a God thing. God is very aware that we're searching. He's aware of our need. He's, a, he's aware that we need a relationship with him because we created it. Our relationship was severed by sin. We're alone spiritually. And we seek to fill that void. Man, we look everywhere. God is also very aware of our need to have him. In Romans, we mentioned chapter 3. Well, that chapter goes on to make it very clear in verse 23. Because verse 23 of that same chapter says, you know what? All of us, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So this morning, whether you're living in a warm environment or a cold environment, we have, we have been separated from that relationship with God. And he knew that. And he made this delivery special just for us. His delivery of peace came through great pain and sacrifice, just like the delivery of a child. He himself had to sacrifice his own son. Christ had to, his, his son had to agree to leave heaven. Because this morning, all you have to do is tell people heaven's warm, they're in. <laughs> okay? That's a pretty easy sales pitch. Let's have the altar call right now. Heaven's warm, let's go. All right, we're done. But he knew that this was worth the sacrifice of his child. He knew that it was worth the pain that he would go through. He knew that it was worth the, the betrayal that his own disciples would have on his life. But he knew that we were alone spiritually without him. And he knew that delivery would draw us back to him like nothing else could. He's very aware of that. Next week in the, in the final message, I believe on the Christmas Eve, you're even having messages on Friday, the 23rd, right? 
So that's like Christmas Adam, right? Because Christmas Adam came before Christmas Eve or something like that. Anyway, so you have, you, have, you have services on Friday. You have services on Saturday. And in those services, this series is going to be wrapped up as he talks about the Christ child himself. Not just the things like hope, joy, and peace that are available to us, but the relationship with God himself. It's an amazing story. This Messiah has presented himself just like scripture said. And it explains that not only did he come to die for us, but he also came to defeat death at resurrection. So this holiday season, when we find ourselves stressing out the season because Trinity hasn't shopped yet or whatever's causing your stress this year, we realize that we're celebrating the birth of a child that changes all of this. Okay, now back to my story just for a moment. Just as the birth of our grandson brought incredible joy and peace to our family, even though they lived with us. The birth of Christ ushered in an incredible peace that none of us can experience without him. In Luke, it goes on to talk about this peace because the angels came. And in Luke 2.14, the angels were singing out in the fields and they said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. Not just you and me, but let's just include everybody. Peace on earth among those whom he is pleased. He sent it that day. We celebrate it this week. This delivery has been made. So we can't stop there. We've got to move on because a delivery has to be accepted. At least in the old days. There has to be an acceptance of this peace. You know, in the old days when somebody delivered a package to your door, you actually had to sign for it. They didn't get to throw it from the truck as they slowed down, you know, in the neighborhood. Uh, ring your doorbell, run, whatever. There's a package there, and you hope you get home before the thief gets them. And you, you watch your video cameras and your ring app, you know, monitoring the package while you're trying to work. Still there, still there. I might make it, you know. This package of peace sent through the Christ child, the sacrifice of God himself to us, has to be accepted. It's there. It's free. It's available. But now there's the acceptance part. Someone, each one, nobody can do it for us. Man, as parents, we wanted to be able to just take that peace package and put it in our child's lives. But we had to prayerfully lay the foundation and wait for that moment in time where they chose to say, yes, God is true and I want his child. I need his salvation. I want to experience his peace. And those are some anxious years. What, what, what if I don't choose? What, what, you know, you, you, what can I do? You can't force it on anyone. So everybody in this room, we bring anxiety. We bring all that chaos we talked about. At the end of the first service, a family walked to me, to me and said, this is our first service back since we lost a parent. They couldn't bring themselves. They were in such pain and agony. They didn't have an answer for the feelings. And yet today, God brought to them a message about the peace that only he provides, even when we can't feel it. It's unexplainable. It's worth the choice to accept. It's worth the risk of believing. It's waiting there for us. Romans chapter 3 kind of left us feeling empty, sinful. No one's righteous. But as the, as the story goes on, in Romans chapter 15, we find out something about hope. 
We found out that may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Man, what better message? But notice there's a caveat on the screen. It says, may he grant it. May there be joy and peace. But he says, in believing. You see, there's, there's one small part that we have to participate in. We don't earn it. We don't buy it. We don't, we don't go get it. We don't fabricate it. But we do have to believe it. And today, I encourage you. I ask you. I pray for you. That if you have never believed in the Christ child, then you have never experienced peace like I've explained this morning. Believe and receive joy and peace like you've never experienced before. Not happiness and wealth. Not health continuously. But a peace from God. And he says that this peace will be to those that believe so that then the power of the Holy Spirit may abound in hope. Do you realize that what he says when he sends his peace to his Christ child, he says that I'm going to indwell you. I'm going to fill you with my presence through the Holy Spirit himself. Therefore, when you don't feel it and you're not in your peaceful place and crisis calms as it will, then you can calmly say for some reason, God is with me. And we're going to make it through this time because God has placed his spirit in my life. And now we can do this. I've accepted it. I want this. So each of us individually has to decide. We have to decide if we're tired of searching for that perfect beach home with the hot tub and the fire and the crashing waves. We have to decide if we're tired of searching for the perfect climate. We have to decide if we're tired of all those things that may possibly bring it to us. And now what we have to do is we have to accept the gift, the peace that's available to us. So yes, last month, November of 2016, needs to be recorded in history because it ended the eight-month reign of 10 people living in our home. Our two boys went to college in August. My, my oldest daughter uh, and, and her four children, my grandchildren, got to move out. It was It was glorious. Now, the dog's still there, so maybe there's still hope, you know, that we could get beyond that spoiled dog eventually. But my goodness, our house is at rest. It's very peaceful there. It's calm. But even that calmness that my wife and I are experiencing for the first time in the 28 years of our marriage does not even begin to start explaining the type of peace that will overflow your heart when you accept the gift that's been in special delivery. We have those short moments that help us understand the definition of peace, but until you accept this, this delivery, it's not available for you. So now we go back to the beginning of this particular message. And the question is, am I at peace? Are you at peace? What crisis is nagging on you now? What stress are you facing because of Christmas next Sunday? Where do you find your heart? Where do you find your activities? Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's somebody in your family that you know is just at angst right now. Today is that day. That day where you get to pray for each other. That day where you get to decide. And many of you braving this cold, you've accepted Christ long ago. Today is just a reminder to you that you serve a God who loved you enough to make a special delivery of his child. You got to accept it, and you experienced the truth of his word, that it's the real deal, and now you get to praise and worship him. 
Now you get to thank him that you're celebrating Christmas for a different reason. The Creek Church has been a great place for my wife and I to worship for almost two years. Such great people of God that are serving here to introduce to you God's plan for this. And it's obvious or it wouldn't be growing. So thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you that that Christ is lifted up every week. And today I know that there will be people ready for you. There will be staff members. There will be members here to pray with you if you need to get something off of your heart. If you're going into one of those crises and you just need to experience that peace, if for the first time in your life you walked into this building and you're saying, I don't have it. I don't know what he's talking about. I need it because my life is in tumultuous agony. Today's the day. I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to close out. But please, please don't leave without doing business with God today. Maybe you just thank him for the peace. Maybe you're renewing it. Maybe you're finding it for the first time. You're searching for it. You need it. It's been delivered for you. Now it's your turn to accept it. Let's pray together. Father, we love you, and I thank you for every family that's represented here today. And God, we stand before you as nothing special. But for some reason, you loved us enough to do this. And so this special delivery that you made a couple of thousand years ago is still impacting our lives today, and we thank you for that. But God, just get my words and my stories out of the way and allow your spirit to prick our hearts so that we know today what business we have to do with you and that we give you all the honor and the glory that we can have peace right now And we can renew peace right now. And we can find it for the first time ever right now. Thank you for the creek and the peace that it brought to our family in worship here. And we give you all the honor and the glory because of your son, Jesus Christ, and the sacrifice and the special delivery that he was to us. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Creek Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Thank you.